Amen. And so be it. If you're at home with your loved ones, give them a high five. Love on them. And let's just get ready to get into the Word. Get your devices out. I want you to follow along with me as we spend some time just learning some things. Amen. So now I want to extend a happy Mother's Day wherever you are. Um, you know, I, I understand that, you know, that, well, first to the biological moms, the stepmoms, or I call them the bonus moms, to the God moms, the spiritual moms, the foster moms, the adopted moms, grandmoms, great-grandmoms, wherever you are, if you, if you play a role in being a maternal influence in people's lives, happy Mother's Day. But then I understand that for some, it's a little bitter. Because I realize, and I want to acknowledge you as well, mothers who buried their children, mothers that had miscarriages, mothers that aborted their children. There's a spiritual motherhood that still sits on you. For those that are believing God for children, hey, we're going to say it by faith, happy Mother's Day. And then there are some of you who have children that are incarcerated or maybe moms incarcerated. It's still a time to celebrate Mother's Day. Because if you're here, you could only get here one way. And that's by way of the womb. And I don't care what you believe. Only one species of people have the womb, and that's the mothers, the woman. So we celebrate all of the maternal instincts that exist. And I pray that you know, realize, and have a revelation that God's love towards you and his heart towards you is that you walk in the fullness of his peace and his joy. Amen. To all of you that are viewing us, welcome. Hello to everybody else. We are pleased and delighted to have you, and I'm honored to be used this morning to minister the word, and I believe that is in due season. And I encourage you to check out our app. If you haven't already downloaded it, go to the App Store, the Google Play Store, whatever device you have, download the Linked Up Church app. There's plenty of content for you as well as for your children. Also, you can follow along. There are some notes and outlines that you can follow along and also take along after this morning, after today to use in your study time. And if you're watching us, just chime in. Let me know. Hey, tell, let me, tell me Happy Mother's Day. Say hi. Also, if you're watching for the very first time, let us know. We would love to know about it. And then I want you to encourage those of you that's been with us, encourage those first-time viewers uh, by just telling them hi and welcome. All right. Let's pick up where we left off last week. If you wasn't with us last week, I encourage you to go back into our YouTube channel and check out last week's message so you'll have a greater understanding and revelation of what we're going to be talking about today. But I know wherever you are, God's going to minister to you according to this word that we're going to share this morning. Now, the foundation script, we're talking about the power of faith and love. And now, you know, the foundational scripture is found in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And it says, this time we're going to read from the Passion Translation. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all according to the power, his miraculous power constantly that energizes you. 
Oh, no, let me say this again. I'm sorry. He will accomplish this all. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. I have fused in the King James Version and the Passion Translation. I can barely see that worship had me gone, so I still got tears coming out of my eyes. Praise the Lord. So, listen, last week I shared the story of my goddaughter, Kerrigan, and how her parents, through their faith, she lived a life for 15 years never knowing that she had been diagnosed uh, with the uh, strongest and the most uh, detrimental form of sickle cell anemia until the fullness of time came around and that there was some type of remedy that would cause her to walk free of this disease, free of the effects of this disease. Praise God. Kerrigan didn't even know. My goddaughter didn't even know. And it was their faith that carried them through. We're talking about, you know, today is mother, uh, Mother's Day, so we're just talking about the power of not only a parent's faith and love, but if that's what the parent has, just imagine what God has towards you. And we activate it by just reciprocating his faith and his love in us to our faith and our love towards him. We talked about the five power moves that we uh, found in 2 Kings chapter 4. Those five power moves in walking in the exceedingly abundantly supernatural power of God. You know, taking hold of all the promises that he's afforded us by dying on that cross, going to hell on our behalf and paying our sins debt, and then rising again on that third day, ascending unto heaven, giving us the covenant of the promise the, and the promise of life eternal, of blessings here on earth. If you want all of that, I know I do, then there's five power moves that we, sh uh, that we uh, talked about last week. That's the power of relationship, the power of faith, the power of prayer, the power of knowledge, and the power of obedience. Those five power moves, not that we do that to get something from God. We do that because we know that God loves us. And when we walk in that, we can't help but to walk in the supernatural, abundant, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine power of God. And all that, all that encompasses when it's all said and done, is this one thing called the power of love. The power of love. Now, we're going to talk about, and we're going to further unveil the story of 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to peel back some more layers as we share and expound on this scripture, uh, this story a little bit more. Now, I'll read from the Second uh, Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, from the Passion Translation. And it says, or the Passion Interpretation, more appropriately stated, One day, the wife of a man from the Guild of Prophets called out to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you well know what a good man he was, devoted to God. And now the man to whom he was in debt is on his way to collect by taking my two children as slaves. And Elijah said, I wonder how I can be of help. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing, she said. Well, I do have a little oil. Here's what you do, said Elijah. Go up and down the street and borrow jugs and bowels from all your neighbors, not just a few, but all you can get. Then come home and lock the door behind you. You and your sons pour oil into each container. When each is full, set it aside. And she did what, she, what he said. She locked the door behind her and her sons. And as they brought the containers to her, she filled them. When all the jugs and bowls were full, she said to one of her sons, Another jug, please. And he said, That's it. There are no more jugs. Then the oil stopped. 
She went and told the story to the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and make good on your debts. Live, both you and your sons, on what's left. Now, we're going to peel a little bit more back because there's so much revelation in this story. As with every passage of Scripture, it's continually unfolding and evolving. And I remember reading this years and years and years ago, and I got the you know, the primary message, and I was like, praise God, the power of faith, just obey, and God will supernaturally multiply everything that we need. Woo! But then I heard a man minister this story a little bit more, and I dove deeper into it, and then I learned a little bit about the Jewish faith and, and, and that type of relationship that was pre-existing Jesus, and, and I, I just thought and felt compelled to share this in light of everything that's going on right now. Now, Jewish scholars would always apply and teach scripture according to four levels of learning, depending on who they were dealing with at the time. The four levels of learning was the simple meaning, it was the intended meaning, it was the deeper meaning, and then it was the hidden meaning. And all those layers would help someone grow. And they would go back and teach according to those layers. But at the end, that hidden meaning will lend itself to the coming of Jesus Christ. If you've been around me a while, you've heard me say that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And there are stories in the Old Testament that always point to Jesus, and this is one of them. And we're going to talk a little bit more. I'm going to say something about that again later on as we conclude. And so, that, you know, and in that hidden meaning, Jesus would talk about when he did come, he would say, hey, there's revelation in my scripture. And he was giving prophecy and he was giving parables. And he would share just an example in Luke chapter 8, uh, chapter 8 verse 10. He says um, to his disciples, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that in seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. See, a lot of times we want to know the deep things of God. And we hadn't even covered the surface. So this is an invitation to you to not only cover the surface, but let's dive a little deeper. And I believe that as you do, there's going to be a resurrecting change inside of you. Amen? All right. So let's start here. There are six understandings that I believe the Spirit of God really wants you to get in applying those five power moves that we talked about last week. There are six understandings that you have to have so that you can walk in those five power moves. You can walk a lifestyle, live a lifestyle in that supernatural, abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think power of God. And, and it does rest in just being confident in his love. So number one, let's start with verse two. Second Kings chapter four, verse two. Again, I'm reading from the message interpretation. It says, and Elijah said, I wonder how I can be of help. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing, she said. Well, I do have a little oil. Number one, understand this, that you are valuable to God. You are worth it. You are his treasure. You are the apple of his eye. You are his inheritance. You are his the one that he died for. You are worth redeeming. You are worth the sacrifice. You are worth the price. I don't care what someone told you. I don't want to care what someone made you believe. Whatever it was, if it was contrary to all that and the bag of chips, then it was a lie. 
Understand that you are valuable to God. Elijah asked her, what do you have in your house? Listen, you and everything that's in you is all that you need to walk in the fullness of God has for you. God is not interested in what you don't have and feeling that. He's interested in what you do have and how he can use it to propel you towards his glory. So when we don't understand and recognize our worth, then we can't help but to walk in this, this perpetual low self-esteem. It's when you, when you have low self-esteem, someone has convinced you that you're not worth it. So we morph ourselves into people that, we, that other people think uh, that, that we think they like. We morph ourselves into pleasing people that simply cannot be pleased. We morph ourselves into doing things that's contrary to who we are because we think that's going to gain us some acceptance. No, the way God made you is good all by itself. You do not have, what you don't have, this is another point, I want to make sure I say this. What you don't have is not half as important as what you do have. It's, this is why scripture tells us that it's not wise for us to compare ourselves amongst ourselves. So you have to be careful about what you put your eyes and your ears to. Because if it invites you to compare, therefore feeding this thing called deficiency, then you know that it's the enemy trying to trip you up and convince you that you're not enough. We just got through talking about it with a group of ladies that we, uh, that we share some time with, and all of us had to, had to confess that sometimes I, I was the one that said it. One thing that I have to deal with in, 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 in this here thing called flesh is the thought that I'm not enough. If you weren't enough, that God wouldn't have died for you. He wouldn't have given his son for you. And it's not just the dying. The dying was the easy part. But going to hell and paying sin's price for you? If you weren't worth it, he wouldn't have gone through all that for you. Next one. Verse 3 goes on to say, Here's what you do, said Elijah. Go up and down the street and borrow jugs and bowls from all the neighbors. And not just a few, but all that you can get. Number two. Understand that God has a plan for you and it involves community. Understand that God has a plan for you and it involves community. What's a plan? A plan is a set of actions that have been strategically considered and designed as a way for you to do or achieve something. It is a set of actions that have been strategically considered and designed as a way to do or achieve something. God has placed people, situations, and, and uh, 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 opportunities in your path so that you can walk in the fullness of the plan that he's designed for you. He had a plan for you before you were a twinkle in your mom and your daddy's eye. Amen. How about that? And that plan was to give you an expected end, a success story, a testimony, an opportunity to be a light that would glorify him. In every case, that plan always include other people. Elijah was confident that this woman would be able to go out, not to her relatives, not to her elders, not to her best friend, not to her cousins and them. He was confident that she would be able to go to her neighbors right there in her community and borrow some jugs. 
and borrow some bowls. He was confident that she would be able to get it. Why was he confident that she would be able to get it? Because she was a community liver. Remember, with verse 1 talked about how my husband, he was a prophet of yours. That means he served in the community. That means he ministered the word of God. That means he was a giver. And because of that, she said, hey, she was bold enough to go to him, and he gave her this instruction. You know, I, I love the testimonies that we're getting during the season. I, I mean, we've had 40-day campaigns. We've had 21 days of prayer. And I can honestly say, even though we're not in the middle of a campaign, yet a pandemic, only God can cause miracles to come, to come out of a pandemic. And I want to share a few with you. I'm talking about understanding that there is a plan for your life, and that, plans include, that plan includes community. It includes other people. And guess what? The first, if you're a Christian, he always automatically, the default setting is that those people that will contribute to your plan are people in the body of Christ. And if you're not in the body of Christ, we're going to take care of that, so just hang on a little while longer. But not only that, then he says being a part of a community called, uh, we call it here connect groups. But that, that, that community within called connect groups first comes by way of being a part of a community called the church. The church, the body of believers, the ecclesia. You got to remember, you know, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about the church. But at the end of the day, read Revelations because Jesus is coming back for the church. Amen. Amen. He's coming back for the church. Because it's in your maturity that you understand that I can't just be a believer and not need church. It is in church that I develop my, believer, my believership. Some of these testimonies that have just blessed my soul, I just picked out a few because we've gotten loads of them. If you have a testimony, hey, email it to us. But one young lady, mind you, she would praise God. She was thankful she was not furloughed. She was thankful that she was not laid off. But she did suffer a pay cut. But even her pay cut, she still took, she had already paid for financial peace. She took financial peace. And since the graduating time of financial peace, which has just been, what, a month or two? She just finished a month or two, got those principles, started applying them immediately, paid off five bills. She paid off five bills amidst a pandemic, amidst having a pay cut. She paid off five bills. How about that? Not just that. Then we have another young lady who's been taught. Now, mind you, the young lady who paid off five bills, she didn't have the strategy. She didn't have the plan. But it came because of her participation and her involvement as a believer in the body of Christ called the church and then being a part of something that we have here called financial peace. Another young lady, by her involvement in the church, teaching her the principles of faith, understanding the power of prayer, she then goes on to tell, share this testimony about how God told her in February, listen, go back to your old job. I don't care what's happened, go back to your old job. She calls her old job, they give her back her old job. The day that she signed her offer letter was the day, was March 11, when the world changed. And on March 13th, because she was an entrepreneur, very successful, calendar booked up with what she does. On March 13th, all of her contracts had been canceled. God has supernaturally saved her from financial crisis in her obedience. Praise God. Another gentleman shared in his testimony that, you know, Length of Church has stood with him in faith and had been with him while he was trying to launch his business. And, it, you know, some things didn't pan out, but he just appreciated the support and the prayers of the church. 
and now his business is all of a sudden booming during a pandemic. When you're part of a community, when you're part of a connect group, when you're part of a church, when you're part of a body of believers, God is able to orchestrate a beautiful symphony that will now compel your miracle on your behalf. Next one, understanding the principle of faith. It says here in verse 3, the second part of verse 3, borrow not a few. Understand the principle of faith. Now, the knowledge of faith and the principle of faith was, is there in both settings. Why? Because it's that faith that activates that love. It's that faith that activates that love. So understand this. One of the things about faith is that you have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to have boldness to follow God's instructions if it requires you to do things outside of who you are. Sometimes it takes acting a fool and just looking crazy to tap into the next level of what he has for you. And in order for increase, faith to increase in your life, listen, if it's comfortable, then it's not faith. It's called you doing what you know to do. It's faith when you have to be uncomfortable. Amen? The next one, number four is verse four. Shut the door. Elijah told her to shut the door. Understand the reward of commitment. Understand the reward of commitment. Some time ago, I taught us a, a message, and I asked the question, are you interested or are you committed? See, all of us are interested in a lot of things, and we'll start out strong. We'll start out getting the information, but then when it comes down to the rubber meeting the road, we check out when it, call, when it comes down to commitment. Understand the power and the reward of commitment. Elijah told her to shut the door. What does that mean? Do in private what God will reward openly. Amen. It's your hard work. It's your practice. It's that sacrifice of prayer time. It's that getting before the face and grinding it out for God and obeying his word that he says, what you do in private, I will reward openly. Yes. Yes. And not just that, shutting the door means you get to remove the distractions. You get to remove those things that will take you off the course of God's plan for your life. Some of you don't need the people that's in your life that like you think you need them. Some of you have accountability partners for the wrong thing. I have accountability. Lord knows I don't, there's a few people, I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have them. Not because they're telling me so much of what to do, and they do, but just the fact of knowing that they're going to ask me a question, a tough question, Send me, a, tell me, okay, how we do today? Where's my picture? Because I'm on this track right now. She's like, I said, what, what's, what's going on today? And I'm like, uh, I don't want to be accountable to you, but because I'm committed, I'm going to do it, even when I don't want to. The next one, verses 5 and 6, it says here, and she did what he said. She locked the door behind her and her sons, and as they brought the containers to her, she filled them. And when all the jugs and bowls were full, she said to one of her sons, another jug, please. And he said, that's it. There are no more jugs. And then the oil stopped. Understand the importance of multiplication. Understand the importance of multiplication. God is into doing exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think if you would just get out of the way. See, what we do is we just add. One plus one equals two. Two plus one equals three. Three plus one equals four. We have steps. Nothing's wrong with our plans and our steps. Scripture tells us that the plan of the man seems good in his own eyes, but the end thereof can be 
destruction. It also says that a man devises a plan, but God orchestrates the steps. So know and understand the principle of multiplication is when you just obey God, he extends the steps. He ain't thinking about your one step, one step, two step, three, your plan A, B, and C. He says, listen, I want to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask, think, or imagine. So therefore, just obey me in step one, I'll propel you to step 10. You obey me in step 10, I'll propel you to step 20. You obey me in step 20, I'll propel you to step 30, 40, 50, 100 fold until you see and know that I am the one to be glorified in your life and you couldn't do it on your own. It was in her pouring that he multiplied. It was in her doing that the miracle happened. It wasn't that she said, here's my oil, now multiply it. Here's my oil, let me just pray. No. It was in her doing, and in her doing was faith. And in that faith, he multiplied. And listen, she could have pulled out 10 million bowls. It was going to still be multiplying. And when it was done, it was done. And not only that, verse seven, uh, the next one, verse 7, it says in the message, after she had obeyed, after she had done what she was supposed to do, she went and told the story to the man of God, and he said, now go and sell the oil and make good on your debts. Not just make good on your debts, but live both you and your son on what's left. Now go live with you and your sons on what's left. Understand the power of seed. Understand the power of seed. Whether your seed is obedience, whether your seed is love when someone is unlovable, whether it's your, your seed is being long-suffering when someone's getting on your nerves <laughs> during the shelter in place, whether your seed is just keeping your mouth shut, whether your seed is giving, uh, 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 sowing money or financial uh, resources into a, a, a situation of the kingdom of God, whether your seed is simply choosing to just be still, and see the hand of God. Know the power of seed. Because see, the power of seed goes back to that power of multiplication. The two are intertwined. And then that power of multiplication backs up into that power of commitment. Because you know you got to be committed to sow seed in the midst of a famine. And that power of commitment thou now is a result because of the power and understanding the, 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 the principle of faith. And the principle of faith is when you understand and know that God loves me and I'm valuable. God loves me and I'm valuable. I talked about earlier how there's four levels of understanding and learning scripture. Simple meaning, the intended meaning, the deeper meaning, the hidden meaning. When you understand those principles, then you can walk in the power of those, uh, those power moves that we talked about. Living a life that's just, hey... And I'm not saying it requires you to get it right. Mind you, ne never did I say you got to be perfect. In your obedience, there's going to be found some disobedience, but he is so not keeping score. Remember I said, understand the power of multiplication. In one act of obedience, he's able to accelerate you way beyond what the non-believer would do because he says you're in covenant with me. So I have to show the difference between being in covenant with me versus being in covenant with something or someone else. So the hidden meaning is this in this whole passage of Scripture that we talked about on two different levels. See, know and understand that the woman here, the wife, the widow, she's the church. Know and understand that the prophet that she said was a good man, but he died. 
he's Jesus. He went on. Because see, the, the prophet that died was one of the remnant of 7,000 that did not bow their knee to Baal. Go back and read the story. He was one of the prophets that hid and sheltered Elijah while he was spreading the word, and the, uh, the word of God. He was one of the prophets that had land that was able to supply in the midst of a pandemic, a famine. He's a type and shadow of Jesus. And Elijah was a type of shadow of God, the voice of God. And we get to learn and know that by way of his word. That's the capsule of this relationship. It reflects all the way now. It, it, it mirrors and, and, and projects all the way until this time and date called Jesus. People say that Old Testament stories, that's, that's Old Testament, but it still points to today. Jesus didn't have the Bible. He had scrolls, but all those scrolls contained everything that's in the Old Testament. And so many believers, especially, you know, younger believers, don't know these stories. But when you read these stories and you really apply yourself to them, you'll see you in them. This takes me back to Ephesians chapter 3. There's a prayer there that I would encourage you to learn and to confess, to speak daily if you can. It was my foundation for a long time. It starts in Ephesians chapter 1, but for, for this, we're going to just keep it to Ephesians chapter 3 because there's so much in that. The power of faith and love. Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 15. I'll read it from the Passion Translation and just share with you how, how it moves forward. Verse 15, the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. I pray that you would unveil that he would unveil unto you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and his explosive power, the power of relationship. Verse 17, then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life, the power of faith. And then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, now enduring the inclusive and inclusive it is, endless love beyond the measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God, the power of knowledge. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest expectations. He will do, he will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you, the power of obedience. Now I'm going to pray this prayer over. Well, let me, let me, no, let, slow down, girl. I want to pray this prayer over you right now. So if you would, just in the, in the spirit of prayer, lift your hands and let's just agree with this as I pray this over you. And mark this in your device, highlight it, whatever you got to do. So Father, for this cause, we bow our knees, we bow ourselves spiritually humbly before you. And to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that you will grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in the inner man, 
that Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith, and that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that we might be filled with the fullness of God. Now, Father, unto you who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, we stand on the promises of your word, and we activate it by the power of faith, according to the power that works in us, which is the power of your love and our confidence in it. Unto you be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages and in world without end. In Jesus' name, amen, and so be it. There's no greater riches that you can have than the power of his word, the power of faith that activates and causes you to rely on the power of his love. Amen. Amen. I pray that you've gotten something out of this, and I pray that you're empowered now to just be bold in who God is in you and who you are in him and learn to lean more into the love that he has so graciously given us. We can't earn it. We can't deserve it. We can't even work for it. It's just here, and he's given it to us liberally. So if you're a part of the uh, a population of people that don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, not that you're not a good person, perhaps you've even been to church, but you've never openly made this declaration. You're not certain scripturally that you were born again. I want to pray with and for you. Or perhaps you were like me. I, someone asked me a question last night. I was being interviewed for something last night. And she asked me, well, when did you become born again? And I was like, which time? The first time, the second time, third time, or fourth time? I had to have a few dips because I was born again, but I didn't take the things of God seriously. I tried to do things in my own way. I figured I'm a smart chick. I can do it. I found out quickly that I don't have those answers, and there's no way I could put things together to make my life work the way God could. And I found my place in a place where I could only depend on one source, and that was God. So some people call that being backslidden. We just call it being out of fellowship. God's forever married to you. He ain't going nowhere, and guess what? He's not even mad at you. So if that's you, I want to pray with and for you. Or perhaps even during this time of virtual church, you haven't found yourself rooted in a church home. And if you believe and you're led to linked up church, even virtually, you believe that God has called you to this place, this body of Christ, this local body called the church, even beyond the city limits. Hey, I want to pray with and for you. Pastor Gregory and I, we'll be honored to serve as your pastors, and we can promise you one thing. You will always be taught the word of God, and we're passionate about you, you winning and walking in the fullness of what God has for you. So right now, where you are, if you want to be born again or sure that you're born again, or you want to rededicate your life, or even when you want to make linked up church your church home, I want to pray this prayer over you. So make this confession. Let's take care of the first two right now. Let's make this declaration together. So repeat after me. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for my sins, and he rose again from the grave to make me free from sin. I realize that I'm in need of salvation and I receive Jesus now into my heart. I submit to him as Lord and master of my life. He is my savior, the one who makes me victorious because of what I believe in my heart and what I confess with my mouth. 
I am born again and in right fellowship with God. And I thank you that my sins are forgiven. I am righteous and I walk in new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Woohoo! Congratulations and happy birthday. Happy birthday. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and we are excited about it. Listen, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, let us know. Type it in. If you would desire for us to follow up with you, pray with you, answer any questions, give you information about membership here at Linked Up Church, fill out that Connect card, follow the instructions that's on the screen. Someone will follow up with you immediately to make sure that you get exactly what you're looking for and so that you understand what just took place inside of you. God bless you and welcome to the family. Hello, family. Thank you for joining our online service today. I want to invite you to become a part of our online community by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Download the Linked Up Church app. Visit our website to find out everything that's going on here at Linked Up Church. If you desire to help us reach more people just like you, you can do so by clicking the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, to family, to purpose, and community. Thanks again for watching our service on today. We were so excited to have you and see you next time.